Fuck your life, bing bong, what's good y'all? So, this is the second part to the Top 100 Songs of the Year series that I've been doing this week. Uh, the first part covered songs 100 to 81. If you haven't heard it yet, I would ask that you please hear that before getting into this part. Um, I'm gonna cover songs 80 to 61, uh, in this installment, and, like, as soon as the intro is finished, I'm gonna get right into song 80, so, uh, I wanna get through this part as quickly as possible, and, yeah, thanks everyone, enjoy this part. Number 80 is Cyan by Windrunner. This was a genuine surprise to me. I had heard uh, Windrunner tracks before Cyan, but it, th there wasn't really anything that impressed me greatly and then even the songs after cyan i think there were two other singles from windrunner this year uh they didn't really do a ton for me either but cyan just was like this um like such a cathartic metalcore experience and one of the top tracks of the genre i listened to all year um it was number one in scenic overlook over the weekend of my birthday and that was kind of like the i'll, I'll get more detailed and personal and dark later on but that was kind of the beginning of like a a real downward spiral for me so cyan is like to me representative of the end of like peace and tranquility to whatever extent i was experiencing those emotions at the time and uh, for that reason it's a song that is kind of difficult to go back and listen to but um when i'm able to get into the mood for cyan i just th there's almost nothing like it honestly number 79 is hallelujah by under oath There were a couple singles that Under Oath put out this year for Voyeurist, which is dropping on January 14th or 21st. I can't remember exactly right now the date of it. Um, but out of all those singles, um, Hallelujah was the one that stuck with me the most this year. Uh, and maybe that's because it feels like the biggest extension from Erase Me, which was their prior album in 2018. An album that I genuinely really, really like. I don't think many people do, or at least many people who were into Under Oath's discography previously. But I really love that record, and that's a big reason why I love Hallelujah. Uh, there's like this like weird calmness in the verses, but it's also chaotic, and then it goes into the chorus, which is so explosive, and the hook of um, Cut the Lights, Face Yourself, We're Not Dreaming, This Is Hell was one of the most singable moments of the entire year for me personally, and everything about Hallelujah worked. I fucking love this track, fucking love Under Oath, and yeah, can't say enough good things about it. Number 78 is Alone in a Room Full of People by Black Bear. Now every summer I just think about the times that I miss Not to mention all the friends that I lost ever since And now I'm alone In a room full of people On a street full of broken homes And we only hurt each other And I'm alone 
for as long as I have a podcast and as long as Black Bear is releasing music, he's always going to have a spot on some kind of year-end list that I'm doing. He is perhaps the most consistent artist I have covered all year on Ulterior, and I think that was just further proven with Alone in a Room Full of People, which is off of the Misery Lake EP. Um, just everything about Black Bear that I adore so much is found on this track. It's just so mellow while also being kind of like self-deprecating and just the, the vibes are like sad boy-ish while also just being so pop-centric and exuberant and it's like I can't decide if I just want to like fucking cry and think about everything that I've ever done wrong in my life or I just want to like fucking uh wild out and just vibe to this shit man it is everything I could ask for on a black bear number 77 is crash and burn by Maggie Lindemann There is a part of me that wants to say Maggie is the artist of the year, and then there's another part that says she isn't, but I can count on one hand the amount of bands slash artists who I would favor over her for that award this year. Um, so Maggie started off the year back in January with the Paranoia EP, and Crash and Burn was one of the few songs on that EP that qualified for anything this year, since I think half of the EP was uh, like a 2020 release um crash and burn is not just like a pop punk song but it is just a, a song that feels flooded with inspirations from so many fucking artists who people within our age bracket would have grown up listening to um you know i can hear some no doubt here i can hear some paramore i can hear some bring me the horizon i i can honestly hear some lincoln park to some extent as well um, but above all that, I hear nothing but Maggie. I hear one of the biggest shining stars of the scene today. And I just think Maggie is everything that, uh, we as a scene should be champion, championing in an artist. Number 76 is Wasting Time by Teenage Wrist. One of my biggest memories with not only Wasting Time, but also Earth is a Black Hole, which is the album that it was off of, is that the the day that I named it number one in Scenic Overlook back in February, that was the start of a snowstorm here in Texas, which was the most uncharacteristic thing I've ever seen from this fucking state. Uh, legit, just snow every fucking day for like three or four days, and granted, like, you know, if you live in like a, a colder region, that doesn't really sound like anything too um, extraneous. Um, but that that never happens here. So wasting time is like forever embedded in my head as like a winter song, and I definitely get those vibes even from the way that the song sounds sonically. So um, I would say that this song leans into like more grunge than it does anything alternative based. Um, but even then. I really, really fuck with the song. Um, you know, it has like all of the 90s vibes I could ask for out of a grungy kind of track. Um, 
so catchy just everything from the verses and how well they flow all the way to the chorus that you know feels explosive and massive and then like the miniature guitar solo like everything about wasting time i adore and i think teenagers is one of those bands that maybe they weren't on everybody's radar coming into 2021 but exiting the year they really should be number 75 is orlando by cherry amore This was the second song to the name of Cherry Amore, uh, the first having been Burn, which dropped back at the beginning of June. Uh, Burn was a scenic overlook number one entry, so that is still to come at some point on this list. Um, but as for Orlando, I remember being so high on Burn that I was like, if this band can follow up with a single that is just as good as Burn, like there is something here. There's really, really something here that people need to take notice of. And I was so blown away by Orlando and just captivated by how, like, fucking good the band sounds already at this stage of their careers. Um, Orlando is just so catchy and, uh, like, sprinkled with all of these um, R&B kind of elements slash post-hardcore elements that really, really make Cherry Amore one of the standout bands of the year, in my opinion. Pro- probably the rookie band of the year, if I'm being honest. And, you know, I think... If what I'm saying about like R&B, post-hardcore, like if that kind of uh, interests you, y- you need to check out Orlando. Number 74 is Count On Me by Brockhampton. Is you saying non-comprehensive money finish sentences? No, I ain't sensitive, nigga. Just highly offended. It'll be okay, no matter what they say about us. It'll be okay, no matter what they say about us. So, Brockhampton was probably the first instance of me covering uh, an artist, or in this case, a band for Ulterior, that I wasn't really required to because Brockhampton falls outside of the scene boundaries, per se. Um, but I didn't care. I think Brockhampton is one of the uh, just most talented and versatile groups out there right now. And, you know, regardless of whether you're into hip-hop or you're not, I really think that there's a lot that Brockhampton has to offer that you can't get from anyone else in the genre. And Count On Me was, I believe, the second single for Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine, which was the Brockhampton album from back in April. And uh, everything that I adore about the group, I just hear in spades on Count On Me. It's so, like, um, I want to say calm, but at the same time, not really. It just has, like, this laid-back feeling to it that uh, really gives way for the chorus to just like kind of soar and be so I- I- infectious and in your ear and just get stuck in your head for fucking months. At least that's what happened to me when I heard Count On Me. Um, the, the, the week that it dropped, I named it number one for Scenic Overlook. It kind of like demanded that respect out of me. And I, I, I think Count On Me is one of the standout hip hop songs of the entire year. Number 73 is I Wish by Stepson. The debut album by Stepson, Help Me Help You, is primarily a punk record, yet I Wish is 
so just far removed from anything that the rest of the record stands for and in some instances like this when there is a song on an album that is so different from everything else on it that usually tends to be the one that i pay i pay attention to the most and i gravitate towards the most um so i wish is so like slow and almost menacing and just like how quiet the verses are and then it goes into a chorus that has like this electronic backing or like slightly uh, an electronic backing and the vocal delivery it doesn't change from where it was on the verses it still has like that um like calm but also almost evil vibe to it um there's a line in the chorus uh a particular one that says I won't forget what he said about Blue or the way his voice broke when he spoke about you, that it stuck with me all year, not even necessarily just because of the lyric itself, but also just the delivery of it. I think I Wish is the perfect instance of a song that like could have just fallen off and been derailed by the wrong execution, but Stepson d- delivered everything that they needed to to make I Wish a memorable song for 2021. Number 72 is God Knows by Knocked Loose. God Knows comes as the second track on A Tear in the Fabric of Life. And so after the initial intro that is where light divides the holler, you are, you're kind of like settled in for the EP, I believe, whether you're just listening to it on a streaming service or you're watching the music video on YouTube. Short film, actually, not really music video. Um, e- either way, by that point, you're settled in, you have a full, complete grasp of what this EP is, and then God knows just punches you in the goddamn face with every facet that makes Knocked Loose in my opinion, the best hardcore band in the world right now. I'm saying hardcore. I know that their genre is like up for debate, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Go ask somebody who cares. Um, the amount of twists and turns found in God Knows is just like a roller coaster of battered and beaten emotions. And then there's a part at about like the two minute, 20 second mark where there's this like very strange guitar picking that really, really reminds me of Counting Worms, which is my favorite Knocked Loose song personally. And I don't know if that was intentional or if it's just something that I'm picking up as like a giant Counting Worms fan. But either way, it was another element that made God Knows, I believe, the best instance of Knocked Loose this year, just being Knocked Loose. Number 71 is Manchester Super Red's number one fan by Don Broco. There is so much to go over with this track, and I'm going to try and speed through it. Um, so the social media rollout for this song uh, consisted of Don Broco posting pictures of David Beckham with no context to Twitter and Instagram. And I think people thought that they got hacked, but in actuality, all that they were doing was promoting this track because there is uh, like a fake David Beckham in the music video. Really, really cool stuff. Go check it out. It's another instance of Don Broco just being on top of the fucking world when it comes to producing music videos. 
Um, this was the first Tom Brokaw song in almost two years and the lead single for Amazing Things. And I thought it was perfect. And just everything that I love about Tom Brokaw was um, it, it just flooded here. It, it, it all flooded this track. I'm getting lost now. Um, and then I, I told the story when I reviewed Amazing Things back in October, but I'll say it again briefly. Um, I So this song dropped the day that I got my second dose of the COVID vaccine. And so I was kind of like just waiting to feel the after effects of that. Uh, and I heard the song premiere on Animax radio show and I was just fucking over the moon about it. And I walked outside of my room and my cat Mikasa was just sitting down and I told her, Hey Mikasa, new Don Broco. And then because the next few days I was like kind of out of it, uh, from the COVID vaccine, um, that was the last time she saw me like really, really excited over anything about music. And for that reason, uh, I think Manchester Super Red Someone fan is going to stick with me forever. Number 70 is Lost Boy by Whitechapel. This was the lead single for Kin, which was their first album since 2019's The Valley, a record that I think really changed the trajectory of Whitechapel for the better. And Lost Boy was the initial statement of telling me that the same thing was going to happen with Kin. Lost Boy finds the perfect balance between Whitechapel's deathcore nature and then the more melodic stuff that they were doing on The Valley. So, like, the uh, the melodic section, I... I, I cannot get enough of it, dude. I went back to it so many times since the song dropped back in, I believe it was the beginning of September that this happened. And I just, like, everything about it from the, like, the soft, beautiful instrumentals to Phil Bozeman's I I incredible vocals, everything about Lost Boy just really spoke to me. And it was, again, the definitive statement that the White Shepherd that I came to know and love through the valley they're not going anywhere. This is who they are now, and I am incredibly grateful for that. Number 69. <laughs> okay, no, let me act, let me act my age. Let me act my age. What's my age again? <laughs> Number 69 is Godspeed by Wage War. So all I feel is misery. You tried to bend me to a break, bend me to I will never lie to any of you. I think I prefer Wage War off of the last two records than I do the first two records of theirs, which I I understand that's not really like the metalcore take to have, but fuck metalcore in this instance because Wage War is just putting out fucking bangers now. And I had a lot of choices for this option for the representative on the list, but Godspeed is the track that like I keep going back to off of Manic more than anything else. I think because it reminds me a lot of The Line, which is my favorite song of theirs off of Pressure. Um, Godspeed, it's like, it's heavy when it needs to be. And then the chorus comes in and it is just like soaring. And so just giant and like arena ready, which is exactly what Wage War was going for off of this record, I believe. And Godspeed, it's just catchy. It's infectious. I love everything about this track. It is everything that, everything that Wage War is going for right now, like fully, fully going for. I think Godspeed is a good example of like what that sounds like when, they're at the top of their game.
Number 68 is Frozen Over by Deadlights. This falls in the same line as what I said earlier about I Wish by Stepson. Whenever there's a song on a record that is so different from everything else on it, that is what I like latch onto greatly. And that's what happened with Frozen Over. So this is the closer to Deadlight's record from this year, The Uncanny Valley, which is primarily a metalcore release. But Frozen Over is so just tame compared to everything else that's going on around it. I don't mean tame in quality, I mean tame in like just how exactly those metalcore tones are put to the listener's ear. So it's kind of slow. It's a little bit chilling with the vocal delivery. I think some of the instrumental sections, they have like this really cool rhythm to them. And there's like different little noises going on in the background that are only present on Frozen Over and not anything else on the record. Uh, it was just like the the best experience I could have had with a record that I honestly kind of forget even happened. Um, but Frozen Over is one of the best closers I heard all year on a record, maybe all decade so far. I think Frozen Over is like the pinnacle of what Deadlights attempted this year. And it's the track that I like, it, it immediately comes to mind whenever I see the artwork for the Uncanny Valley, which is fucking amazing, by the way, or I just hear the name Uncanny Valley, or I think of the band Deadlights. Frozen Over is that fucking song. Number 67 is Stalker by Badflower. This is the most unhinged, unstable, chaotic song I listened to all year. Uh, generally, the first time I listened to Stalker, I just like fucking jaw on the floor, could not believe what I was listening to, and, and couldn't believe how good it was for that matter, because there's no reason that a song with these kinds of lyrics should go as dummy as Stalker really does. Um, I'm just going to read off the first verse verbatim. So what? I'm good for nothing, you stupid bitch. I bet you never saw me coming. Am I supposed to be chill when Chad rails you? His big cock, his big hands, his jawbone, his trust fund, his small brains and his intellect. Oh yeah, Chad, the high school quarterback. No class, but he gets ass while freaks and outcasts like me get picked last and picked on in gym class. And then just go into the course from there. Stalker, stalker, one day I'll probably fucking kill her, kill her, because if she ever got to know me, know me, she'd probably think I'm fucking crazy, crazy. What the hell, man? Like, why... Why was this put to fucking paper? Why was this a song that was like produced and you know they heard in the studio were like, yeah, that sounds cool, drop it. A and why is it good? Like that's the other thing that like kind of bothers me about this track. Why is it so good? Why could I not stop listening to it since it dropped? Why is Stalker one of the top 100 songs of the year, top fucking 70 at this point? Because it's good. I don't know how else to put it. It shouldn't be good. These are some really really fucking scary ass lyrics, but fucking goes dude and i can't act like it doesn't number 66 is both to blame by the plot and you this song is heartbreaking dude 
it is one of those tracks this year that like you can just sense the the pain and the agony in Landon Tour's delivery. And granted, that's always an element of the plot in new songs, and it's one of the reasons why I adore this band so much. But with Bolt to Blame in particular, the way that uh, the chorus for Bolt to Blame comes in, and Landon's not screaming the lyrics per se, but like the, the, the way that he's like yelling out the lyrics, you can just hear it in his fucking throat, man. To clear your name, we're both to blame. It's like burned into my brain just for the reason alone that I just stated with like the way that he's able to execute that tone and, and that delivery and both to blame I think is an instance of the plot in you showing why the change in direction that they initially went on with Dispose has paid off immensely through Swan Song. Um, it's beautiful, it's daunting, it's haunting. It is just one of the coolest things I got to listen to all year and I, at, at, at this point, I, I don't know what you're doing, honestly, if you're not claiming The Plot and You to be one of the best bands in the world right now. Number 65 is Hip To Be Scared by Ice Nine Kills featuring Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach. So this was the lead single off of Welcome to Harwood, The Silver Scream 2, which is, in my opinion, one of the most must-hear records out of the scene all year. Um, the song is based off of American Psycho, and the way that the not only the song itself, but also the music video pays homage to the film is outstanding, and it's another example of Ice Nine Kills just going all out for their gimmick, and I, for one, really, really appreciate that, even if it is very very gimmicky and corny it's really really good i think um i i really really enjoy the song um all of like the changes throughout it is so chaotic the chorus is fucking massive and i can just easily picture myself at a show singing along to it um i, I think one of the other entertaining things about the track is if you're at a show when spencer asks do you like ice nine kills you are obligated to, to say not really <laughs> And I don't know, that's just like kind of cool to me. Um, everything about the track from the breakdown, the Hey Paul shout out for the breakdown, absolutely outstanding. I love this track, love Ice Nine Kills, love Welcome to Harwood. And yeah, Hip to Be Scared is one of the coolest things I can listen to all year long. Number 64 is Baby Steps by Press Tomiko. Again, one of the coolest benefits of having a platform like this is that I get to discover bands that I probably wouldn't have taken the time to check out otherwise. Um, so this year gave me my introduction to Prestamico back at the end of August with the record Transmute, and I was honestly blown away with it. I didn't expect it to be that good. I still honestly can't believe that this is a record that came out of nowhere that I have all the praise in the world for. Um... I, I had a few choices from that record for the list, and maybe some that came like a little bit before number 100. Um, but to me, Baby Steps felt like the clear, almost decisive 
uh, choice for the top 100. Baby Steps is one of the longer songs on this list. It's about five and a half minutes. Um, I generally don't really fuck with longer songs. By longer songs, I mean like over four minutes. I have a, I have a shitty attention span. Leave me alone. Um, but Baby Steps keeps me entertained all the way through. I think the progression from the initial like slow drum beats all the way to the explosive chorus that honestly kind of reminds me of In the Dark by Bring Me the Horizon, which maybe is like one of the reasons why I was able to uh, have this connection with the song. And I think it is the best showcase of Prestamico. And I, I don't know how many people listening to this know this band or check them out. Um, please do so. They are definitely worth the time. Number 63 is Caustic Prayer by Idola. Talk to me discreetly. Keep your secrets close. There's no one left to trust out you when you need them. You if you want to talk about a band just completely taking the mantle of an entire genre in 2021, then you have to look at what Idola did with Swancore this year. Uh, when people think of Swancore, I'm pretty sure Dance Given Dance is the band that immediately comes to mind. As of right now, for me, it's Idola, and Caustic Prayer is one of the examples off of The Architect that really showcases why I believe that's the case. So Caustic Prayer, it embodies everything that I love so much about Swancore, the controlled chaos of the instrumentation and the way that the song is able to kind of just go from being this hectic uh piece of work all the way to something just so like calming and beautiful in the chorus even though it's not really calming nor beautiful it just something that like really grabs my attention and just gets a hold of my ears and it's like this is everything that i asked for for swan core i just didn't really know that's what it was and yeah, Idola showed the fuck up this year, and Caustic Prayer is one of the many songs off of The Architect that I, I think proves that as, I'm going to say fact, even though it's an opinion. Number 62 is One True Prince by Don Broco. I already mentioned Don Broco on this part of the series with Manchester Superheads and One Fan. The difference in sound between that track and One True Prince is something of like not really uncharted nature for Don Broco, but like almost uncharacteristic. Because when I think of Don Broco, I think of that Manchester sound. I think of that like over the top alternative rock sound with some electronic stuff thrown in. Just like like a for lack of a better way of phrasing it, a cocky, arrogant band is what I think of when I hear Don Broco. One True Prince is slow, it's methodical, it's heartfelt. The music video is not like this crazy, wacky adventure like they normally are. It's the band playing in a barren field, and the color scheme of like gray and red overlays the whole video, and it looks fucking amazing and gorgeous. And... The song itself, like I said, it's so heartfelt, and the chorus of, um, it's okay that we're not in love, it's okay that we're not enough, spinning around a dying sun just like everyone, it's meant to kind of comfort you in those dark moments and let you know, like, the pain that you're feeling, you know, for as, um, dreadful and unbearable as it might seem right now, 
it's not gonna last forever. We are all orbiting the same shit. We are all existing on the same dying planet, and it's gonna be okay. And, you know, that's a message that I have to kind of, like, convince myself of, but I do appreciate having a band like Don Broco take this kind of a different route to deliver that message to me. Number 61 is Hollywood Sucks by Kenny Hoopla. Kenny Hoopla is one of those artists who, in 2021, I felt made all the right moves, put out all the right types of songs, and just did everything that he needed to to elevate himself to even higher positions than before. Um, so Hollywood Sucks was off of the Survivor's Guilt mixtape, and this is a Travis Barker production. Travis Barker had his hands all over what Kenny did this year. Um, but that being said, I don't really see this song as kind of being in alignment with most of the other areas that Travis Barker has worked with. Um, and I guess what I mean by that is I listen to Hollywood Sucks and I don't really hear a pop punk track so much as I hear just a punk song. And that was one of the things that stood out about it to me initially back in May. Um, it's fast paced, it's energetic, it's catchy. The break in the chorus that's like kind of acoustic where Kenny's giving uh, the initial hook of the track, I think just blends with everything so perfectly. Um, the, the bridge that's like kind of a little bit chaotic with some of the, the drumming that's going on, it all just ties together incredibly well. Kenny Hoopla delivered one of the absolute best songs I got to hear all year long, all decade so far, honestly. Um, Hollywood Sucks is an elite track that I think everybody should go out of their way to listen to at some point soon. And that's it. That was songs 80 to 61, and we're almost halfway through the list by this point. That's fucking nuts, but... Um, if you've been riding with the series, uh, so far, thank you so much. I would really hope that you come back for parts three and four and five. And if you didn't hear part one, but you heard this, which, you know, your call, do what you want to, uh, go back and listen to part one. Again, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this part. And as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.